It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. It is time for another thrilling edition of silver and black today an odyssey original podcast also you can hear us over the air on 98.5 the fan in las vegas and also 11:40 the bet in las vegas thank you to both our podcast and radio audience for joining us as always and again i say us because it's not just me no it's me in midtown mo moton that is mo moton he's the national nfl writer at bleacher report you can also catch his raiders columns up on sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I don't know. We might have to change your Twitter handle, man. We might have to put the Midtown there, don't you think? I thought, you know what's funny? I thought about doing that over the weekend. I was like, (laughs) I should just sneak in Midtown Mo instead of Mo Moton on my Twitter handle. But I something told me I'll I'll wait a little while. I'll let the Midtown Mo thing catch on a little longer. Well, Midtown Mo's about to get bigger because we got some special things coming in the next few weeks, which I'm not going to tell you about because they're going to be a surprise, but we'll get there. Really? Uh, by the way, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just teasing you. Also, uh, follow me on Twitter, LV Gully. We will interact with you guys uh, unless you're completely a head case, and then we just ignore you. But otherwise, we talk to some head cases. We got good head cases. We got bad head cases. We love talking to Raider Nation. We love talking to you guys and mixing it up. Even when we disagree, we disagree with respect. It's not, it doesn't have to be name calling. We can just disagree, which is totally cool. I am at LV Gully as well. Follow the show SNB today. By the way, if you don't subscribe to the show, what's wrong with you? Mo, these people don't subscribe. I don't understand what's going on. They're not subscribing. Some of these people. The subscribe button is kind of small. YouTube needs to enlarge. The subscribe yeah. button so it's like big 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 giant button on the on the screen they do but also i mean they can subscribe on apple for itunes they can subscribe or, or subscribe on uh, spotify iHeartRadio, wherever they're at the, the official odyssey app which is killer by the way but even you can just say it if you're in your kitchen or your bedroom and you have one of those amazon devices or a google device all you have to say is is subscribe silver and black today podcast and guess what happens boom you're in so thank you for doing that all right mo uh let's get into the news this week of course the nfl world was in between two cities last week they were in between las vegas and phoenix of course the super bowl coming up on sunday but it was the pro bowl games not the pro bowl game anymore it's not a football game anymore well there's kind of a football game but the Pro Bowl games were in Las Vegas, so a lot of attention on Las Vegas uh, did a great job. Uh, but overall, the Raider who was making the most news last week was one Mr. Devontae Adams. And no, it wasn't because he was making incredible catches in the flag football game, although he made a couple. It was he was trolling us all on Twitter. He was dropping hints 
left and right, making national news. Anytime somebody would tweet about Aaron Rodgers, a rumor, so he would say goofy things like, I'll help him move in my neighborhood, saying all sorts of things to make it look like and for the internet to go crazy enough that fans start to think that there's 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 fire where there's smoke. And um, he said it later, uh, coming into Monday, actually, that, yeah, I'm kind of trolling. So we don't know how serious he was, but it sure got Raider Nation and the NFL world a buzz about the possibilities of one Mr. Aaron Rodgers coming to Las Vegas. I must have saw seen at least three Twitter handles that <laughs> that basically said, I have sources that say Aaron Rodgers is going to sign up the Raiders. I saw one Twitter handle that said they spoke to, not spoke to, but they have people basically inside the Packers organization. This is a former Packers player. I don't want to put his Twitter handle out there because if he is wrong, I don't want to blow him up because I know Raider <laughs> fans will come after him. But basically, this guy who used to play for the Packers said that he's been told that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Raider. There was another Twitter, hand, Twitter handle that said that Aaron Rodgers told his agent that he prefers the Raiders over the Jets. I, oh. that's, uncom that's unconfirmed, but I could see why, because Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas and not in New York. Now, New York does have Paul, uh, Paul Hackett, does have Nathaniel Hackett, who's the son of Paul Hackett. Yes. <laughs> so, and he's, and he's has a, he has a working relationship with Aaron Rodgers. So I could see why the Jets would hire Nathaniel Hackett other than they like his play calling, which I don't see why you'd be attracted to that after what happened in Denver, but that's a whole different story. But anyway, <laughs> there were so many different loose sources out there on Twitter saying Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Raider. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Raider. And I would say to those people that there's no way that Ziegler, McDaniels, and that crew would let that out, even if that was the plan, because we're, are we forgetting where they come from? Right. They come from an organization where there aren't, pretty much there aren't any leaks. So when Devontae Adams was acquired by the Raiders, a lot of people said that it was dead at one point. It was Derek Carr. If you remember what David Carr said on the NFL Network, it was Derek Carr who picked up the phone and made it work. That didn't get out until David Carr said anything, said something mm -hmm. about it. The, the acquisition of Chandler Jones, a lot of people didn't see that coming. The trade involving Yannick Ngakwe and Rocky Asin, no one saw that coming. So all of these big moves that the Raiders have made, these moves for notable players, haven't been telegraphed. So I don't have a reason to think that this would be telegraphed. I think it was Devonta Adams having a lot of fun with it, Aaron Rodgers having <laughs> a lot of fun with it. Now, it, I'm not saying it can't happen, but I'm saying at this point, I'm sure that they don't even know what the future holds for, for Aaron Rodgers. No, and, and as you and I talk about on this show all the time, Mo, conversations always happen. Oh, yeah. You call, I mean, GMs call about all kinds of players. Doesn't matter, okay? Hey, Cincinnati, would you be willing to trade Joe Burrow? No, of course not. Okay, great. Just call him the seat. <laughs> you never know, right? Things can happen. So, so I would imagine the Raiders are interested. That does not mean there's been talks that it's imminent or any kind of stuff. And, and I think, too, that we, we another example of how quiet this organization has kept big moves is even the benching of Derek Carr. I mean, you have beat writers who are around the team day after day after day. Usually, when you know a guy might get benched or something, you usually kind of start to hear it leak out a little bit. Well, they're getting frustrated. They might bench him. Didn't hear a thing. And then all of a sudden, boom, it happens, right? Day before we find out what's going on after the conversation happened. And whoever let that out, you can leave that to your imagination. Uh, but but need, needless to say, you, this organization, and, and, and if it's pursuing Aaron Rodgers or even, the, even con conversing about the possibility of it, 
I don't think it would get out. I think you're seeing a lot of people pull chains. I think Devontae Adams was having fun. I also think the truth with Devontae Adams was he would love to have Aaron Rodgers in Las Vegas. And so these tweets and these funny things he's saying, he's trying to get the attention of his friend. Uh, whether they've talked or not about it, I don't know. But the possibility of, hey, trying to recruit, just like you talked about Derek Carr with Devontae Adams, he's doing the same thing. So so that's why I keep telling Raider Nation, look, we're talking about it on this show. We're going to have our guest, Pete Doherty, from the Green Bay Press-Gazette on in the next segment to give us specifics from Green Bay on what's going on. But overall, just I would temper your expectations. Right. I, I mean – if we're being honest, I would assume that Rodgers is on the Raiders' radar. Simply because, yeah. if I, as I've said before plenty of times, I think Josh McDaniels understands that he needs to win some football games. And you're probably not going to do a lot of that with Jared Sidham as your starter. You're probably not going to do a lot of that with Jacoby Brissett as your starter. You're probably not going to do a lot of that with a rookie as your starter. Though, he did have Mac Jones mm-hmm. and won 10 games with the Patriots. But remember, that Patriots team had a top five top three defense yep. the Raiders do not have that support for their rookie quarterback if they draft one and start him so different situation but as far as Rodgers is concerned I think I'm in the lane with you and I think our our buddy Evan Groen at just pod baby has also said this that Rodgers maybe an upgrade an upgrade over Derek Carr but you don't want to give up too much for Rodgers because the Raiders have so many holes to fill. So as as we're going to ask Pat, uh, Pete Doherty, you know, what what is the asking price for Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers if he's available? If he says it's a one, which I think it's going to be at least a first-round pick, then you may think about, okay, we'll give up a one for Aaron Rodgers, have a quarterback. We, we still have, you know, a second. Hopefully we could trade Derek Carr and get another second so that if we want to move up, we can. But – if he says it's going to cost multiple firsts or first and multiple seconds, then you're like, whoa, wait a minute. We need our draft picks because we need that cheap, you know, capital coming in to help our defense, mm-hmm. our defensive line on, on the interior, our linebacking core. We need a cornerback. We need a safety. We need upgrades on the offensive line. We need so many things. We, we can't afford to give up multiple premium draft picks for Aaron Rodgers because he'll just wind up being nine and eight as he was with the Green Bay Packers this past season. Exactly. And here's the other thing, too, Mo. You talk about draft compensation. So if it takes, if Pete Doherty tells us in the next segment, yeah, we, from my conversations, because I know in prepping uh, with him for the show today, he told me he's talked to some folks in the league, some, some player personnel folks, to get a sense for what it would take to get Aaron Rodgers out of Wisconsin. If you tell me, too, that it's the number one this year, then to me, that's a deal breaker. Because I get it, you, number one pick, but if you give it a number one pick this year, that's a, that's a seventh overall pick. For a great quarterback in his day, no doubt about it, still a very good quarterback, to your point, a 10 quarterback. But he's 40 years old, and in my view, he's fallen off a little bit. I still love Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback, by the way. I'm just saying he is not, just like we said with Tom Brady, he's not the Tom Brady that's 35 And Aaron Rodgers is not even the quarterback he was when he's 35, and it's been five years later. So he's going on 40. And so to me, are you going to give up the number seven overall pick? And as I make the argument in my Sports Knot piece today that just uh, ran this morning um, up on the site is no. In fact, I say you skip Aaron Rodgers and you do whatever you can to get C.J. Stroud. I think you have to think boldly and you have to go to the future. Now, I know the Raiders have been burned on picks in the past, including quarterbacks. 
number two, whose name will not be mentioned on the show because fans will get mad at me, Jim Marcus Russell. But anyway, that pick, all those things, that's fine. But to to go in a win now mode to me would be the wrong message to not only the fans, but also to the players in the organization. I understand Devontae Adams wants a quarterback to throw him the ball. I get it. But a kid like C.J. Stroud, somebody like that, who can come in and develop, you get a veteran there, you have Stidham there already. To me, the Raiders have got to play chess. They've got to think five years down the road. They can't think about the next three years, even if Josh McDaniels wants to think that way because he might be on the hot seat. Mark Davis then has to give him a pass. You've said this in the past. Say, listen, we're going to let you draft the rookie quarterback. That gives you an extra year, whatever it is, to get to get up to speed. So we expect next year to be rough. In between, depending what happens, maybe he doesn't win out and you, you go with your veteran. But overall, Mo, this team has got to get out of the rut of trying to win now when they don't have enough pieces to win now. I would give up a one for Aaron Rodgers under three conditions. Oh. Number one. Number one, Aaron Rodgers will have to restructure his deal so we get some cap relief so that I can use that cap space to spend on other plays in free agency if we're not going to have our one. Number two, the Raiders would have to get something for Derek Carr. Because then if you get it, let's say you get it, and then you have to get a second-round pick for Derek Carr. Because then if you get a second-round pick for Derek Carr, then you have two second-round picks. So if you want to move up into the first round, you can with those two second-round picks. It's an option. The third condition is the Raiders don't feel too great about the quarterback class coming in. So let's say they're lukewarm on all the quarterback, all the top quarterback prospects. And let's say they prefer a Tanner McKee out of Stanford in the second round. Yeah. Right? If they're lukewarm on the top prospects at quarterback, then I could see them giving up a one for, for Aaron Rodgers. Again, if he restructures his deal and they get something for Derek Carr, because again, you don't want to give up premium capital because even the number seven overall pick, that can get you a ready-made impact play on the defensive side of the ball that can get you a a better offensive tackle now i've come i've come back to earth a little bit on jermaine illuminar i've done a lot of looking at his play in the games over the past i don't know two three months of the season Mm -hmm. he actually played well i'm not saying he's a pro bowl player but for a guy who didn't have a lot of starting experience and got his first look at full-time starting experience this past season he actually played pretty well i believe he he didn't give up he gave up one sack after week two or three so in pass protection, he was pretty good. So I would say that with the seventh pick, if you keep it, you get a defensive player if you're not in love with the quarterbacks. But again, this is with Aaron Rodgers' trade on the table with my three conditions. It's, you, he ha- it would have to meet those three conditions for me to give up a first-rounder because, as you said, and as I've said, you need the Raiders absolutely need the cheap draft capital because you you can only spend with so much of agency without, without hindering yourself in the cap. Right. And I think there's a lot of ifs there. I mean, you laid it out. I think I think the biggest one, to be frank with you, is the Derek Carr thing. I don't I just don't think they're going to be able to swing a deal, although we've heard some stuff over the last couple of days about the Jets uh, and a couple of pieces. Anton Staley, our guy up on Twitter uh, who wrote, writes there in New York, wrote about that a little bit, too, in favor of going out into getting Derek Carr. So you don't know. We'll see. Again, you're going to start with Carr's deadline coming up. You would think that the Raiders would be panicked. And actually, no. Yes, they want the, They would love some draft capital back, Mo. But they get to walk away at five million bucks, so they don't get hurt as long as they do it by the fifteenth. The other teams that might be interested in Derek Carr, they and you've said this all along to your credit, they might get nervous if it's the Jets, if it's whoever it is, the Saints, whoever. They might get nervous and say, "Ooh, we're getting up to this fifteenth deadline. 
what does it look like? Do I go? Do I go get him now, or do I wait? Is he going to be more expensive? Am I, you don't know what's going to happen. So if somebody gets an itchy trigger finger, they could pull that trigger very quickly. Now, the key is, and the and and the reason I don't think that ever happens that he that the trade works, Mo, is this reason. That is, they can agree to a trade, but the trade does not become final until the league new year in the middle of March. And guess what happens? The team, let's say the Jets say, yeah, we want to trade for Derek Carr. March 14th, they could say, guess what? We changed our minds. And there's no repercussions. And then the Raiders the are on the hook thing. for and the Raiders are on the hook for $40 million. <laughs> that that's the tricky thing. But if you're the Raiders, you're not worried about that because if you don't agree to a trade, then you're, you know, you're gonna cut them. And then what? You you lose a quarterback. And I've said this from the beginning that barring Derek Carr forcing his way out, I, I think there's gonna be a, a trade offer on the table that the Raiders can accept if Der- and Derek Carr is gonna be like, I like that place. But if Derek Carr forcibly says, Look, I'm not waving my no trade clause because you guys didn't let you know let me talk to other teams. <laughs> so I'm gonna you played hardball, so I'm gonna play hardball now. Yeah, because in any regular circumstance, you don't just cut a quarterback because quarterbacks have so much value. Yeah. The problem is that the Raiders hamstrung themselves by giving him that no trade clause and giving themselves that short deadline right after the Super Bowl. If the deadline was a little later, they would have a little more leeway, but they have to make a decision so quickly. And it's so, so far before free agency, it, it just puts them in a bind, mm. and it makes things complicated. A lot of people were like, "Mo, it's not complicated." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Yes, it is complicated." <laughs> it is complicated. You 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 saw the report from Mike Garofalo NFL Network. On one hand, the Raiders want to control the trade negotiations. They don't want Tar Car talking to other teams because then he could talk to another team. That team goes, you know, winking and nod. Hey, we'll sign you in free agency. Just just wait it out. <laughs> Force your way out of Las Vegas. We'll sign you in free agency. Wink, wink. And the Raiders don't want that to happen. So that's why they're restricting it to teams that have agreed to trade compensation that Derek Carr can talk to. The problem is Derek Carr has to okay this. So in order for him to okay, he has to be able, he's probably going to want to be able to feel comfortable with that team and talk to the team's head coach, coordinator, position coaches. And if he's not allowed to do that, how can he feel comfortable stamping his approval on a trade? (laughs) So it's like chicken or the egg, who blinks first? Yeah, and we are uh, just about a week away from that ha- from the decision having to be made, and and uh, we don't know everything that's going on clearly, Mo, but I just don't see it happening. So we'll see what goes down. All I know is when it comes to the Raiders, I know fans will not want to hear this. Uh oh. But it's you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to take some lumps. You're gonna have to go a little bit more backwards. Now I know from six and eleven, how do you go backwards? Two games, Four maybe. Thirteen. Maybe. 13. Maybe. <laughs> But you know what? With a Jared Stidham and a rookie quarterback uh, learning, or maybe the rookie comes right in and starts, if it's C.J. Stroud, I make the argument he might be able to come in and play right away. We'll see. But nonetheless, if you can get C.J. Stroud, there's a lot of ifs there too, don't get me wrong. But but I, w- I would say this, that if you're a Raiders fan, all these years of losing, the reason that you have all these years of losing is because of these starts and stops of trying to to put band-aids and to put your finger in the dam when it's leaking. And I think you got to do it the right way. You have to build a strong foundation. They don't have it on defense. They have it on offense. But, Mo, I think about it from this perspective. If you go the young quarterback route, don't do the Aaron Rodgers deal. 
then you say good, you say thank you, goodbye, wish you luck. If you can get Darren Waller, if you can trade Darren Waller, you trade him away. And you know what? I know people will go crazy over this, and I don't want to see it happen because I love watching the guy play. But even even though he's got a restrictive contract, even Devontae Adams eventually. Listen, you got to stockpile picks. You look, and I've used them a couple times because I'm just more familiar with them in my backyard. The Cincinnati Bengals went from a terrible team to a Super Bowl in two years. So when you talk about a rebuild, it's not like it has to be a five-year process. The Raiders' offense is not far away, okay? And the defense needs a lot of work. So within within the period of two drafts, two free agent classes, the cap managed properly, hitting on your draft picks, within two to three years, the team can be a playoff team and be a team that's built to run deep into the playoffs, not one that's just made to go one and done. Here's the thing, and I say this again, because they don't have the number one overall pick like the Bengals had, they're going to have to hit. Yeah. If, if they do draft the quarterback at number seven, they're going to have to hit on whoever that quarterback is. Yeah. Because if he's not a if he's not a hit, and I know this is gonna sound super crazy right now, but listen closely. Okay. <laughs> Raider fans, if you want some hope, just listen to me really quick. Just give me <laughs> give me two minutes here, okay? If the Raiders draft the quarterback at seven this year, let's say it's CJ Stroud, and let's say he doesn't look good, all right? And the Raiders go three and fourteen, four and thirteen, and they have a shot to get one of the top quarterbacks in next year's draft. I say swing again. Absolutely. If they ha- if they have a shot at Cleveland, if they if the Raiders draft the quarterback this, and he stinks, whoever it yes. is, and he stink, absolutely stinks, and the Raiders get one of the top two picks in the twenty twenty four draft, and Cleveland Williams is out, um, May out of North Carolina is out. Why not swing again? Swing again at the quarterback position, and then After. trade one of them for some draft capital. I if you if you stink, then it puts you in the sweepstakes for the next year's top quarterbacks, and I don't think that's that's a terrible thing. No, and and look at now. There's you can make the argument that they got a little better, but not all the way better. It's what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen, right? They took Josh Rosen, and the very next year they took Kyler Murray. Yep. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you don't hit, listen, I like Stroud. I think he's going to be a good pro quarterback. I don't know if he's a good pro quarterback the first year, right? I don't know that, but I will say that it's worth the risk in the NFL today. Yes, you got to build the defense. But but again, getting up, moving up to get Stroud, as I said in the piece today, Mo, you might have to, I, I still think to, to secure it, you probably have to go to three. Some people argue you'd have to go to one. I doubt it. I think Bryce Young, it, barring some weird circumstance at pro days, um, I don't think Bryce Young is out of that number one spot. I think somebody's going to trade up to get that number one spot with the Bears and give up a lot to do it. Uh, and then I think Levis, I think Levis might go before that too. Right, number three if you get up to number three, you can definitely get C.J. Stroud. So the Raiders might have to do that, but you swap a three and a seven and you give somebody else, I don't know, a two next year or something like that. Yeah, you're giving away draft capital. But if you're going to struggle with a rookie quarterback next year, then, like you said, you're going to get more draft capital. It's going to be higher draft capital, and you can continue to build. I'm just saying being in the Khalid Williams-Drake-May sweepstakes isn't such a bad thing. <laughs> exactly. If you if, if you feel like you whiffed this year, on this year's quarterbacks. Now, people say that's wasting draft capital because you could have got a defensive player on an offensive tackle, and I get that. But the name of the game here is got to get the quarterback position right. Yeah. For Devontae Adams' sake, for, for Darren Waller's sake, if you're going to keep him, Hunter Renfro's sake, if you don't want to waste those guys in their primes, you have to get the quarterback position straight. And once you get that straight – you can not actually not once you can do both at the same time as we've said 
Yeah. Now you can make a trade for draft capital, get a player, trade off a player and get more draft capital. If you waste a pick on a quarterback that you, that you wind up seeing that he's not that guy, there's always trade. You can always pull off a trade. You have quality players that you could trade away. Now fans don't want to hear that because this is kind of what Gruden did when he got there. It's kind of the opposite of what's happening now. Gruden got there and he kind of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to trade our quality players. We're going to get a bunch of draft picks and rebuild this from the, from the ground up. I would say that the Raiders, the way the Raiders are doing it right now with Aaron Rodgers out there is a good approach because who knows, maybe they swing a trade, but if it doesn't work out where they don't get Aaron Rodgers and you're spinning your wheels on rookie quarterbacks, then you might say, okay, these guys are not getting younger. We don't have the quarterback position figured out. What can we get for a Darren Waller? What can yeah. we get for Hunter Renfro? Yeah. And I think this, uh, I'll close out the segment with this too, Mo, is when you're talking about the scenarios, if they sign Aaron Rodgers, then I in the first round, yeah, you get that defensive player at seven. You might even be able to trade down, get some more picks, and still get the defensive player. Defensive players go deep into the second round. Impact players, by the way. Mm-hmm. So so you can go deep into the second round. You could move down a spot, maybe get another second round pick to get somebody who wants to get into the top ten and get a quarterback. If you're not in love with the quarterbacks or if you sign Rodgers or traded for Rodgers, then you do that. Even if you do get a rookie quarterback, um, I think there's an opportunity then for them to to do it. There's all sorts of trade options out there. We talked about Waller. There's other options as well when you look at some of the, the folks on the Raiders and what they're able to do. So we'll see. It'll be interesting, though. This is just the beginning of this, and now you have a dose for what we're going to be doing in February and March as we lead up to the NFL draft. But when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Is he really on the trade block. Is that what the Packers want to do? Are they ready to move on to Jordan Love? Do they have Aaron Rodgers fatigue in Green Bay? We'll find out as the great columnist Pete Doherty from the Green Bay Press-Gazette joins us here with Mo and Scott on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also listening to us on 98.5 The Fan and 1140 The Bet in Las Vegas. So we talked about Aaron Rodgers in the first segment. So we decided, you know what? Why not go to somebody who knows the situation much better than we do? Uh, So we're going to go out to Green Bay now and bring in Pete Doherty. He is a columnist covering the Packers at the Green Bay Press Gazette. And Pete, um, you know, the, the chatter with Aaron Rodgers uh, it's a yearly thing, and I don't know if there's fatigue in Green Bay over what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, the retirement, all this. Now it's turned to trade 
uh, speculation. There was some 49er rumors, of course. Uh, he shot those down over the weekend. The Raiders, na- uh, Raiders are now coming up. Devontae Adams, his former teammate, is tweeting out all kinds of funny stuff, which I think is all pretty much joke and tongue-in-cheek. But nonetheless, it's, ta- it's brought up a lot of opportunity and a lot of conversation around Aaron Rodgers, perhaps stopping in Las Vegas. Where are we from your, your perception and, and you covering the team are the Packers indeed going to trade him? What are the chances and what does your gut tell you at this point about the team moving on and maybe turning over the reins to Jordan Love? Yeah, the uh, I guess where we are is Juan Rodgers is supposedly deciding, you know, whether he's going to play. I find the likelihood of his uh, retiring to be, you know, zero. <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine – no matter what he says, I can't imagine him walking away from $59 million. All he has to do is show up. It's guaranteed. Uh, so I, I just, that's not happening. Um, so then it's, is it here or is it with another team? The Packers have say in this, what they do could have some sway with Rodgers. They might tell him they want him back, but they might make some personnel moves or tell them of personnel moves they're going to do as far as moving on from some veterans and he might take that as a sign because he said he doesn't want to take part in a rebuild. So he could take that as a sign of, uh, you know, uh, that he's going to, that the Packers are uh, rebuilding instead of reloading Mm -hmm. is the way he put it. And so then he might ask for a trade or the Packers might have decided that they want to move on and give Jordan love his crack at it. And then they'll, you know, they'll tell him that whenever he, decide when he lets them know for sure that he's playing um, as far as what's going to happen, you know, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I, I mean, really, uh, you know, if I just absolutely had to make a guess, I'm guessing that they trade him, but other people, uh, colleagues of mine think the opposite. And mm. um, we're all just, making wild guesses. I might be guessing that because that's what I think they should do. So maybe I'm just reading, (laughs) imposing myself on that. Um, So I don't know, Um, but it'll be, you know, the decision is probably going to come down in the next, you know, well, maybe two weeks at the earliest and, Mm -hmm. you know, but for sure before free agency starts, I find it hard to believe that they would let this, um, you know, move past that. I mean, I guess there's always a chance it could go up until before the draft, but Right. You know what they do here and what any team wanting to acquire him that it could affect what else they do in the offseason. So the sooner the better, I think, for all parties. Hey, Pete, it's Mo jumping in. Sorry to just hop in on you, but putting your GM hat on, you said you think they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers if you had to take a guess right now. And I just wanted to ask, what do you think it would take to acquire Aaron Rodgers? Because there are a lot of Raider fans out there who believe it wouldn't take much. I'm of the belief that you're going to have to give up at least a, a one for a guy who's won four league MVPs and says he can still play at a high level. There are Raider fans out there who say, well, we can give up a middle round pick. And I'm just like, wait, stop. It's going to take a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. And that'll depend on how many teams are in the bidding. You know, the more bidders, the more the actually all he needs two if they both really want him. Um, I went into this last week. I called uh, four uh scouts who I really, you know, I've had a long relationship with, really respect their opinions. And I went into it thinking, you know, maybe they'd get two twos, a two and a three, something like that. All four of them said at least a one. Three of them said they ranged anywhere from a one and a two to a one and a four. 
Um, so I'm guessing these guys know what they're talking about, and they're probably a lot more in the ballpark than I was going in. Again, Pete uh, Doherty from the Green Bay Press-Gazette is our guest. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and you look at Aaron Rodgers now. Let, let's give, give fans and, and our listeners in Las Vegas sort of the assessment of where he's at. I mean, he's 40 years old. We just saw Tom Brady step aside at 46 years old. Aaron Rodgers coming off a year. I know that the Packers didn't have the best year. He didn't have a lot of tools there or didn't have enough tools, depending which argument you take. Uh, but when you look at a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, what is he now versus what he was two, three, four years ago? Uh, he's, I don't, he, he doesn't look like the player that he was even a couple of years ago to me. Um, he still throws the ball really well. His arm is as good as ever. He can throw all the different angles, all that stuff. He's obviously, you know, smart, really smart. And he's even more experienced now every year you add to that. Um, the thing that really made him special all those years was his ability to make plays outside the pocket. He'd get outside the pocket and he could throw the ball right on the money, going left, going right. You know, it's just, it was, that was clearly what set him apart from, um, you know, all the, all his peers. Um, he doesn't, because of his age, he's just not as mobile as he was. He can still do it. You know, he still gets outside the pocket and make plays. I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that doesn't happen but he just can't do it on command like he used to. He can't carry the team like he used to. He could still, you know, if he returned to the Packers, my guess is because they, you know, once Christian Watson got all over all his injury problems, their offense was a lot better the second half of the season. If he comes back, I'm sure they'll win 10 games, maybe 11. I just don't, I still think something will be missing. Um, so I think he's got to be surrounded by, to be a championship threat, he's got to be surrounded by a little better personnel than he's probably going to be here this upcoming season. That, that's one of the reasons why I think the Packers would just be spinning their wheels if they if they stuck with them. Sophie, I know this is about mostly about Aaron Rodgers, but let's let's play the scenario if the Packers keep Aaron Rodgers. Would you say then that means Jordan Love would ask for his way out or would they consider trading Jordan Love or is it you keep both of them, have Aaron Rodgers for one year and then you have Jordan Love on that fifth year option? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, more. I just don't, I have trouble seeing them. Everything I've heard is, you know, they're not letting Love leave. And yes, Love could ask for a trade. He really doesn't have much leverage. The only leverage he would have is, I mean, he can't not show up. The, the fines, you know, at that new CBA mm -hmm. they did a couple of years ago, the fines are prohibitive. You know, right. you start missing camp days and it's just, uh, you know, the, the fines you'd pay would be, it wouldn't, there's no way it's worth it. Um, he could do a hold in where he shows up and says he's hurt and doesn't play and that could be a problem and a distraction. And, uh, you know, you don't need your locker room problems like that. One, would he actually do that? Um, that's a big step. And I don't know if he would or not. You know, most guys won't do it, but some will. Two, I'm thinking that if the Packers like him as much as they say it, as much as it appears just hearing through the grapevine, um, that they'll work out something with him contractually, maybe even this offseason, uh, just to, you know, to appease him and to let him know that he's going to be the guy, like you said, when the fifth year option kicks in, which everything I've heard is they're either going to exercise that or they'll have some kind of new contract in place for it. 
Pete, also let me ask you this because I know you just like Raider, you know, Raider fans are are so loyal. Raider Nation so loyal. And you have the Cheeseheads out there in Green Bay. So what where where are fans with with Aaron Rodgers right now? What is the sentiment cuz I know every year you kind of go on this Aaron Rodgers watch. Is he going to come back? Is he going to retire? All this sort of stuff. He's also obviously gotten a lot more outspoken on certain things, his spots on the McAfee show that he does. What's the overall pulse of the fan base there and what they think of Aaron Rodgers? Would they be very, very upset if he left? Or is it kind of reached a point where people are at an impasse and kind of like, well, if he goes, he goes. If he stays, he stays. So there's, there hasn't been any, you know, like Gallup poll or anything like that on this, <laughs> but I've tried to, you know, kind of get a feel for what you're saying. I do weekly internet chats uh, where readers can submit questions. So going by the tone of those, going by the tone of what I see on Twitter, I always ask, you know, acquaintances, you know, if I haven't seen anybody for, you know, a few weeks or a month or whatever, I'll ask them, you know, what do you think, what would you do? What do you want the Packers to do? I'm getting the sense this is a lot different than when they moved on from Favre in 2008 and i get the sense that it's maybe 60 40 that people are ready to move on that should you know i'm just kind of making this up but just going by you know a feel of these things i'm guessing it's about 60 40 that people would prefer to move on i think going eight and nine last season has a lot to do with it and you know a lot of fancy an older player who they think isn't who's in decline um they are some of the other things you mentioned you know, the McAfee, uh, you know, is lying about his COVID status and all of that. I think that eroded uh, his fan base a little bit. All those things kind of add into it. Um, so that's just the, the sentiment I get is, you know, maybe 60-40 um, Packers fans are, are ready to move on. Yeah, it's it's really interesting too. sort of the similarities. I mean, obviously very different players with very different resumes, but Raider fans much the same way with Derek Carr, who's a younger quarterback, obviously not as accomplished, hasn't won like Aaron Rodgers or gotten the MVPs, all those awards, uh, but a very similar situation in Las Vegas and, and Derek Carr is going to be moving on as well. Um, do you think the do the Packers go and are they going to also, if, if, if they trade Aaron Rodgers, is it going to be Jordan Love without a doubt, or do you feel like they're going to bring somebody in there too to compete with him? You know, last year if they had done it, I'm thinking like a Vegas trade would have made a lot of sense and getting Carr would have made a lot of sense. This year I'm thinking it's got to be – they've got to see Jordan Love play. Now he played um, the fourth quarter of a game at Philadelphia. I think it was about halfway through the year, maybe a little more. And um, he played well. He looked good like way better than he had at any point before he looked poised and comfortable. He, you know, he, he looked better in the preseason than he had in the previous regular season and preseason, but he looked better in this game than he did in, in preseason. And um, they've been seeing him in practice every day. So they've got to have a decent feel for him. So unless they're bluffing everybody, which is always a possibility, um, you know, I think they've, they've got a, three years of sitting. That's real. That's getting pretty far. You know, I can see it happen with Rodgers. He sat three years, but you don't, you know, going any farther than that. Um, if they make the trade, there would be no reason not to play, play him. I mean, if he's not ready now for a look, then he's never going to be. If they acquired, if they made a trade with Las Vegas and acquired Carr, well, for one thing, that contract would be prohibitive. But <laughs> yeah. you know, a guy like him, mm-hmm. that would be a sign that they do not uh, think Love can do it, which everything I've heard is they think he's got a chance. That's great. Pete Doherty. From the Green Bay Press Gazette, Pete. Thank you again for doing it, man. We'll uh, we'll catch Thanks, up Pete. with you if anything happens down with these two teams. 
All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thanks. There you go. The great Pete Doherty spending some time with us here from Green Bay. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, just good insight there, Moa. Whether or not this happens, you know, the Aaron Rodgers watch happens in Green Bay every year. Now it's happening. Folks in Las Vegas <laughs> seen a lot of fans getting excited about the possibility of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But we could, as Pete said, we might know here within the next couple of weeks. It's pretty good that he confirmed my thought because I thought I was losing my mind when I saw Raider fans <laughs> saying, yeah, we give up a third and a no. fifth rounder. We can get Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, are we talking about the same Aaron Rodgers that, you know, not too long ago won back-to-back league MVPs? I understand the Packers didn't make the playoffs and they went 9-8, just missed a cut. Yeah, But Aaron Rodgers is still regarded as one of the top, what, 10 quarterbacks in the league. You're not sure. giving up. If, if you offer a third and a fifth round pick for Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are going to pick up the phone, laugh at you, and hang up the phone. <laughs> because that's not going to be nearly enough to get him, even with no, his contract. I, because as he said, really quick, as he said, yeah, yeah, if yeah. the Jets are in the bidding war for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are winning to outbid, unless Aaron Rodgers says, I don't want to go to New York, the Packers are going to pick the best offer on the table. Of course they are. Yeah. No question. And by the way, I think the Raider fans are confusing the what it would take to get Bre- uh, to get um, Aaron Rodgers for what the Raiders might take for Derek Carr. Yeah, that's that it. That compensation, a third rounder, is closer to what Derek Carr's trade comp is than Aaron Rodgers, despite Correct. the disparity in age. Aaron Rodgers being thirty nine and Derek Carr being what thirty one years old. Yes, absolutely. But again, like I said in the first segment. I don't think they should get Aaron Rodgers, but but that's just me. You can read about it today on sportsnot.com, by the way. Anyway, shameless plug. All right, we're going to step aside for our final break. When we come back, we're going to close out the show. We're going to talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl. I know the Pro Bowl. I know. Josh Jacobs had some choice words, four-letter words, about the Pro Bowl. We're going to talk about that, too, uh, when we come back, as well as some hodgepodge stuff. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey Original Podcast. Welcome back, home stretch here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Do us a favor if you don't already subscribe to it, make sure you do wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Silver and Black today. Click subscribe and click and make sure you put on auto download. That way, every time a new episode comes out, you will get it. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. Hit subscribe and the notifications bell there. Always a lively chat happening right over there on the other side of Mo's mug. And we're talking to people over there inside the chat all the time as well. So thanks to all of you. And also a shout out to our listeners on 98.5 The Fan and 1140 The Bet in Las Vegas. Mo Moten, he's a national NFL writer for Bleacher Report covering the entire league. And he also writes about the Raiders up on sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten. That's Mo with an E, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully. The show is SNB today. Okay, Mo, the Pro Bowl. We made fun of the Pro Bowl, the old Pro Bowl, when they actually played a game where nobody played defense and they kind of pushed each other over instead of tackling. Um, and, and this new format that they brought to Las Vegas I saw most media members really harsh on it, talking about how bad it was, talking about this, talking about that. It's terrible, especially a lot of media members who actually weren't there, but were covering it from afar, which is totally fine. Um, but I will tell you this. I'm going to defend it. Now, you can, you can take the other side of the argument if you want. But I said this to you last week. This format is great for families for fans to get a trip, nice trip out to Las Vegas. It's not a bad trip, especially during the winter time. 
where you get to meet and greet and hang out, get autographs with these players who are doing all sorts of things. They're throwing that paper targets, which apparently makes you an MVP. Now they're throwing, um, they're pushing sleds. They're doing all kinds. They're playing dodgeball, which I thought was actually pretty hysterical. They're playing flag football. To me, this event, because the NFL Players Association long ago wants to protect players, so nobody's going to go to the Pro Bowl and actually play a football game and get hurt. There's too much money on the line, uh, and the league doesn't want it. So they've gone to this format, and then I see the media just blasting it. Now, here I will say this. This is where one of the times I put on my fan hat, okay? Shut up. It's not for the media. I understand it would be boring to cover as a member of the media. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'd like to cover it because it's not really anything ex except getting sound bites from guys, right? Other than that, it's a bore for the media, but it's not about you guys. It's about the fans. It's about the little kid, most of which can't afford to go to a football game anymore to go out and see their favorite players. Mo, did you, I thought it was sort of exciting. Did I watch a lot of it? No, but if I was still in Las Vegas and I had my kids, I would have definitely taken them to events. I'm going to say this. I didn't watch one minute of it. I watched, I saw, <laughs> I saw clips of it on social media, you yeah. know, some of the things that happened, but I agree with you. And, and I think Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review Journal also said this. He said, sometimes we, we get too much in, into our own lanes and we don't see how things are important to others. Right. And I think he made the same point that you made that this event is, is a fan event. It's for kids and families. It's not for media. You're not there breaking down, drag routes and 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 cover three covered uh, packages and and nickel packages and base formation you're not you're not doing any of that <laughs> so there's nothing for you to have hardcore football opinions about other than the quotes that the players give you and there were plenty of good pretty funny quotes coming out of the pro bowl activity sure um pro bowl weekend but as far as the event is concerned it's just a big i think so, i've got who said this shout me out whoever said this on twitter but someone said it's just a big picnic yeah. It's a big football picnic for where people just go and have fun. Nothing serious going on. As you said, you get to see your favorite players, like autographs and cool games. It's like a carnival. It's like a football carnival almost. And I think that's the point of it is that to give something back to the fans for, for them to enjoy. It's not for media members to get, again, hardcore quotes down for their stories and, and to run something on, on the internet. It's for the fans. Yeah, and, and I thought... I thought overall, I watched it in pieces. I watched a little bit of the competition. And so for those of us older than most of you, <laughs> there used to be a thing called the Battle of the Network Stars. It was a TV thing where celebrities, mostly from television and movies, did like obstacle course stuff, you know, climbing the walls, the steeplechase, jumping over the water, some racing, some, some, some uh, dunk tank, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and it was just fun. It was a way to see the celebrity outside their normal role. And that's what I think the NFL was trying to do here. Now, one criticism I have for the NFL viewing from afar was I could tell because I lived in Las Vegas for so long, it was all over the city, right? So it was not in one location. They had events at the Raiders training facility over in Henderson. They had stuff at the stadium. They had stuff outside different parts of town. I would consolidate that and make it more accessible that way. But what I did see was to your point, and I'm going to specifically focus on Raider Nation. A lot of our listeners from the West Coast 
brought their kids out there or they went by themselves. And it was just a great way to say goodbye to the season, to say goodbye to their friends, to see some of their favorite players in a completely relaxed environment. You're not worried about your team winning. You're not stressed out. It's not about that. It's just about enjoying football, enjoying the personalities and enjoying your friend's family. And to me, that was a winner. That's why, and, and I've always said, I've been very impressed with Josh Jacobs as a young man. But his comments, you know, he was asked about it, and he said it was stupid and S-H-I, you know what I'm saying, right? So we try to keep this family-oriented so we don't have to put an explicit lyric on it. But Josh Jacobs basically called it crap. And one of the other players, I think he was a long snapper for the Bills, and I forget his name now, called Josh Jacobs out and said, hey, man, you got a check for going to the Pro Bowl. And it's not about you, to the same point you made about what I said and what Vinny said. It's about the fans. And guess what? You could have not gone. You could have said no. If you thought it was stupid, you didn't have to go. And I think, again, just like journalists sometimes forget it's not about them, these players, I understand it's an honor to be named, and he deserved it. Obviously, Josh Jacobs had a great year. Mm -hmm. But remember, there's kids there who will never be able to afford to see you, but they got to come see you there, and for them that might be the excitement of their year. I think if you put it to Josh Jacobs that way, because Josh Jacobs has been, you know, He's pretty a great much guy. a good guy. So I think Absolutely. if you put it to him, I think if you put it to him that way, he would agree with you. Not to defend him, but I'm just saying he's probably answering it from his perspective. Correct. And and I could see why he's like, oh, this is a waste of time because, you know, I'm not out here to just. I don't want to say have small talk with fans, but I'm not out here to just lollygag. I rather, I think he said, I'd rather he'd rather it be a vacation for his family. So again, he's thinking about it from his perspective. He's not thinking about it from a big picture and what it means to mm -hmm. the fan base. He's thinking about it for himself. How would, how would it make it better for the players? And he's probably saying for the players, give them a vacation. But I do understand that if you were to pose it to him, well, if you look at it from a big picture, what would you think of it? Like fans get to see you and it's affordable and people can bring their families and all the other festivities, I think he would understand it. Like, well, it's a good thing. Yeah. And I think, too, that the old format going back now 10 years, when they when it was in Hawaii every year, I thought I thought players, even if they didn't tackle and play defense and all that, they enjoyed that, too, because they could actually season was over. Yeah, you're going to play a little football. You have activities you got to do as part of the game. But you take your family to Hawaii, right? So it was kind of now Vegas is a good vacation spot too, but it ain't Hawaii. Okay. So so I get that from his perspective. And I'm not holding it against Josh Jacobs. I was just surprised by it because he's such a well spoken dude usually. And I think he just he just was it was a casual environment and he just kinda, of, oh man, this is stupid. Now he did I play dodgeball and I th I think maybe he was upset because he didn't play dodgeball as well as he played football. <laughs> I think it's sometimes we and I'm not saying you're doing this or we do this. We I think sometimes we, we we expect players to say the right thing every time. All the time. Someone yeah, puts true. a mic in their face. And we have to remember that these players, they're football players. They're not they're not PR agents or, or <laughs> people who speak in front of a microphone every day. Yeah. So sometimes when you get when you put a microphone in the face, you're gonna get the raw answer, whether it's sanitized or not. You're gonna get what he really thinks. And one thing I can yeah. appreciate about Josh Jacobs is that he's gonna tell you exactly what's on his mind whether it's the 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 pc sync thing to say or not he's going to tell you exactly what he's thinking and that's what he did when he was interviewed for that it's a great point i mean the, our last two presidents didn't speak very well so can you imagine <laughs> a poor, we've had two presidents in a row who, who kind of were loopy 
when they talk and for different reasons, but nonetheless. So, so, so to see a player, it's a great point, Mo. Um, the other thing that sticks out and a lot of news around the Raiders was the Pro Bowl was Derek Carr. You know, a lot of fans, oh, he's wearing an NFL hat, but he, meanwhile, he had a Raiders logo on his shirt. Um, all this kind of stuff, you know, people basically on both sides of the argument still entrenched in the car wars. And as you tweeted out this past week, even after he's on a new team, there's going to be some semblance of a car wars in Raider Nation just because people can't give in and give up. But Derek Carr got to say his goodbye uh, to fans, uh, and he got a nice ovation. I know a lot of fans, including our longtime listener, Just Win Wendy, was there in her car jersey to say goodbye. They felt like they had some closure there, which was great for the fans. I did that as well. And, of course, the people who didn't like Derek Carr were happy to watch him in the, in the, in the uh, flag football game throw an interception at the end game. So everybody was happy. So that's, again, another reason why the Pro Bowl worked. I will say this. I, the, the funny thing about this is, the, number one, the whole car thing about, oh, when is car war going to end? Is car war going to be over once he's gone? I remember when I first started covering the Raiders. And this is back in 2014 and 15, right? They would still talk about Terrell Pryor and Carson Palmer, right? And those guys yep. weren't with the Raiders as long as, for nearly as long as Derek Carr was. So you can imagine... If you were still talking about Carson Palmer and Terrell Pryor after the Raiders moved on from them, you can imagine that they're going to be lingering conversations about Derek Carr, especially because he's still going to be starting in the league for another team. And they're going to be fans that say, see, we shouldn't have got rid of him. Look how good he's playing. Or there's going to be fans that saying, see, good thing we got rid of him because look how he he hasn't improved his play (laughs) on a a better roster. So either way, they're going to compare him to whoever the Raiders have at quarterback now and saying, okay, right or wrong, McDaniels is right or wrong for getting rid of him. So you're saying he's going to start somewhere? (laughs) He's definitely, yes, he's definitely. I'm just, I'm just, I'm playing with you because that's, because you know somebody out there is going to say the same thing. He's not a starter. He's a bum. I'm just making your point for you in a funny way. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. I I think that's interesting because, and then there'll be something else. We live in this age and, and, you know, major, vast majority of Raider fans are awesome people. They just want to talk about their team. Yeah, they get frustrated sometimes and they vent. But most people are not like this. It's a very, they're both, both sides of, a, of, of the same coin uh, that doesn't represent the majority of Raider Nation. Uh, but it'll be something else. So if Aaron Rodgers comes and doesn't have 90 touchdowns and only one interception, it's going to be a bad move. If they draft C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Bryce Young, whoever it is, that guy sucks. See, we should have never done it. We should have drafted a defensive player. So there's always the the counter argument because people don't want to be patient or they expect perfection out of everything. It's something we you talked about just a moment ago about expecting our athletes and football players and sports stars to speak eloquently and perfectly every time they're they're in front of a microphone. The same can be said for their play too, right? You look at some of these players who took time to develop. You look at Jalen Hurts is the best example right now of the NFL. Look, no one thought that kid was going to make it. No one. I mean, even in Philadelphia, they were like, what the hell are they doing? I mean, you can go back and look at some of those headlines. But they waited. They were patient. And it happened. And so, yes, Raider Nation can say we've been waiting for two decades to win. But the reality is it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. All you can do is look at the look forward uh, and it's unfortunate, but this is part of sports fandom today. Social media has brought this about, and it's not going to go anywhere soon, my friend. Yeah, if you're if you're out there and you don't want to take part in the car wars, then just ignore it. 
You can do whatever you, you can put it on your band car and your band words, whatever you can scroll past it. I tell people this all the time, whatever you don't want, ignore it because then you'll get less of it. But if you, if you give something that you don't like more attention, you're going to get more of that. So if you Mm -hmm. get on a bunch of car threads and go, I hate car wars. I hate car wars. You just put yourself in the middle of a thread of car wars. (laughs) It's something you don't want. If that's not, if that's not what you want to read or see, then just scroll past it. As I'm, lear- as I'm learning, as I stump for the Raiders drafting C.J. Stroud and getting Michigan fans telling me how he sucks. And I'm like, dude, it's because you're a Michigan fan. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right? So, so I get I get that. Uh, but, yeah, that's just how it is. And and it's hard sometimes. And, you know, Mo, I always text you about this one. Oh, I got sucked <laughs> in again because I get sucked in. You're, you're much better about it than I am. I get sucked in occasionally. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, you have to protect your peace, as they say. And I think that's the same uh, when it comes to social media and arguing about your team. So I give I give people two tweets. I give people two <laughs> tweets. Two responses. Um, after the two responses, I don't care what you say after that, unless you're saying, hey, Mo, I'm cash-apping you a million dollars. I have nothing to say to you after that. I am not arguing but, with people on Twitter. But so see, that, that's happened to me before, and then I've had people like you come and tell me, hey, this dude said you blocked him. He's a good dude. I'm like, well, he must have said something idiotic to me. I don't know what to tell you. So do you hear that? Do you, now, for Raider fans <laughs> listening, you hear that? I'm trying to help you guys out. The, the people who get blocked by mm. Scott, I try to put in a good word for you. But if you're if you're continuously a douchebag, there's nothing I can do. No. All right. I, but I, I try to I, I try to talk Scott into letting go of the block button. I don't block that many people. I tend to mute people because because it's like they're in an empty room yelling at me. So they I can't hear them. So it doesn't matter, right? So if you mute somebody, you don't have to deal with it. Now they can respond to certain tweets and you might see their stuff, but that's what I do because you do. I remember I defended Derek Carr last year when he was when somebody he was blocking somebody and people were complaining about him blocking people or he said something in the public about it. I was like, no, I defend him. I'm like, look, why do you if, if people are going to attack you and and tell you that you're a piece of crap, why would you want to listen to him? Now, if somebody wants to tell you, hey, you said this on your show and you were wrong because of A, B and C and I was wrong. Great. Then I'll admit it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about these people who go above and beyond. Now, I make mistakes sometimes. Sometimes people get a heated debate and they they lose it for a minute and they're good people. That happens to all of us. I, I just look. If you're out there and you, if you know how I go about my Twitter, I, I used to rarely block people as well. I barely mm-hmm. block. I block more now simply yeah. because sometimes people just are, are consistent or persistent with it. Like every day they're on you about something over yes. and over again. It's like, you just don't want to hear it. So you just block them and it's done. Right. Yeah. So far I haven't had anyone say, Hey, you blocked me and I should have been blocked. So anyone who I blocked <laughs> probably deserved it. Yeah. That's what I think too. But then you tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's weird because no, sometimes, we make mistakes. We all make mistakes. No, but sometimes the people that you block are very, I guess, level-headed with me. And if for whatever reason they got sideways with you and they're like, Hey, your, your co-host is, he blocked me. Why is he, you know, why is he acting like this? And I'm like, look, that's, I can't say anything. He's his own person. If he blocked you, he must have yeah. had a reason for it. But that's, that's not me. I, say I'm let you guys just say he's out. old and crotchety. Just, I you know, never he's, say he's, that. He's, just say he's much older. You know, I, I'd never older. say that about my co But I will say he's, though, some he's of older. Us, he's got kids, you know, his temper is a little shorter. 
sometimes we get on sometimes we get on social media and sometimes we just have a shorter fuse than other days like you can that's get true. up sometimes that's we're all true. human right so we all yes. have bad days we all get yes. up with sometimes we're a little cranky or grumpy and we we're just we're just in a no zero tolerance mode like if anybody says something crazy to me i'm just gonna yeah. block them and there well, are some days where you just have a lot of patience this is what it is well there's this there's this concept that they call holy moments right and it basically every day you have an opportunity because every moment you can make it a holy moment or you can make it an unholy moment. And I'm not <laughs> referring to the travesty we saw in the Grammys. But what I'm oh, saying, gosh. what I'm saying is every day you have a moment. Somebody could come at you with some nastiness, right? And you can decide what kind of moment am I going to make it? Am I going to make it a positive one? Or am I going to make it a negative one? We all decide. And some days, to your point, we're not in a good mood. Something's happened. Something's bothering us. So we choose the negative, Right. But in reality, if we did the positive more often, and I do try to do I have people come at me sometimes. I'm like, hey, man, you can disagree, but no reason to get upset about it, okay? I'm totally cool if you disagree. We don't have to agree on something. Uh, and I find a lot of times when you do that, people, they realize what they're doing, that they're kind of, whoa, out of control when you treat them with kindness instead of with fire. And suddenly it kind of turns the conversation. And I've, I've met a lot of people online that way who I now have great correspondence with over. So, so I, I need to take my own advice at times, but nonetheless, just something for you guys to think about, especially so, to with Derek this, Carr. So to tie this all in, once Derek Carr is either traded or cut, <laughs> you want to yell at me me or Sky, it's all cool. It's if you done. disagree with what we said or we were wrong about something, it's all good. You know, it's coming down the pipeline in about seven, eight days. Oh, it's going to happen. It's happened. It's happened. And we're going to, and we're going to cover it wall to wall um, <laughs> for one last time. We'll play old Lang Syne at the end. Um, I will say this though, too, this one, I'm going to share this one experience in closing, which was I had somebody, and this was just on Monday. I think, I think you saw it, Mo. I had a guy argue with me that the Jets are not as good as the Raiders as an opportunity for Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets weren't very good. They have no offense. I said, no, they have an offense. They just have no quarterback. They have a top five defense, top three defense. If you have a top three defense, you could have a 15th offense and still be a really good team. So that's the one thing I'm going to say is, and every once in a while, I will say something like I know it and I realize I don't know as much as I've done and somebody will call me on it. They always do. And it's great because it catches me. And I say, you know what? You're right. I was wrong about that. Let me check in or let me learn more about it before I comment. That's what I would say to fans, Raider fans out there. You, if you don't watch a lot of football outside of your team, which is totally fine. I'm not telling you you have to. But to say a team is bad when you never watch them because you see two minutes of highlights on Sunday or you look at their record um, doesn't necessarily mean to do it. I think we owe it to each other. For football fans, we're covering football. Know a little bit, and if you don't know it, it's okay. Say, hey, why do you think the Jets? Ask me, why do you think the Jets? I didn't think the Jets were very good. They, were, they didn't make the playoffs. Well, okay, let me tell you why they're very good. So, so anyway, just some advice out there. We can all help each other learn more. Uh, and and get along better. So there's my thing. I know it'll go on deaf ears, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I think a little bit of that is fan allegiance too, though. Like That's no true fan, too. most fans are not gonna admit that a team has better pieces than their team. Like they they're always gonna say, well, my team's <laughs> got this. My remember fans, a lot of fans will inflate the value of certain players on their team when they say this player is really good. Yeah. And and I just want to use this as an example. I know people are gonna come at me for this, but. <laughs> the whole Colt Miller, Colt Miller thing, right? Yeah. I think Colt Miller is a B-plus offensive tackle. Yeah. There are some people that, fans that think Colt Miller is an all-pro tackle. 
I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I think Colton Miller is a really good tackle. I'm not saying he's bad tackle mediocre. I'm just saying that Colton Miller is really good, not great. Now, again, there are fans that go, what are you talking about, Mo? He's he has he's only allowed this many sacks and pressures, and he should be an all-pro, pro bowler. I think he's on that borderline where he's like, could be a pro bowler, like right there. But I don't think he's as good as some fans think he is. Because there are some games where he's playing against top-tier edge rushers, and he gets crushed out there. And I'm not picking on him and cherry-picking on certain games, but I see it with Chargers games. For some reason, Colton Miller does not play well against the Chargers. I don't yeah, know what it is. I, but he, he doesn't play well against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And there are other there were other games where I saw he was going against top-tier edge rushers, and he just didn't measure up. Now, against the lower-tier edge rushers, fine. Pretty good. But he has his moments where he doesn't look quite like a pro buzz some fans <laughs> think he is. That's my yeah. rant for today. And there's nothing wrong with defending your, and to your point about players on your team, uh, but there's nothing wrong with it. Even, I mean, I get some of the hated rivals, okay, the Chargers, yeah, okay, yeah. the Broncos, the Chiefs. But look, you can hate the Chiefs, and I had a bunch of fans tell me this the other day actually online. You can hate the Chiefs, but if you want to deny that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, then you're just you're not being honest. Sorry, I know it's a Raiders show. I'm just going to tell you because he is. Now, well, he's only won one Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that doesn't matter. I mean, look, it mat- rings matter, but at the same time, uh, you have to look at his play, and you have to look at what he does. His team has been in five consecutive. Well, he's only won two of those or three. Oh, it doesn't matter. He's been there, right? He's putting his team in a position – to win. He can't control all of it, but you got you. So, so just, you can, you can say, Hey, I hate the effing chiefs. I hate Patrick Mahomes. Like I always say, I said it last show. I hate the Yankees, but I respect them because they find a way to do it. At least they have in the past. So, and when I will root against them and I hope they lose, then I hope they lose 10 to nothing every game of the year. But if they win the world series, now the only team I won't give any credit to is the Dodgers, but that's beside the point. <laughs> You're just racking up I'm a lot kidding. of hate mail today. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. Well, that the baseball season is going to get calm. But anyway, all right, Mo. Well, uh, that's it. We're going to get Thursday. We'll see what else is going on in the news. Maybe there'll be a Derek Carr trade by Thursday. You never know. Um, we do need to talk. I know we talked about it last week, but the whole situation with Josh Jacobs and the tag. Josh Jacobs said at the Pro Bowl, I don't want the tag. No player wants the tag. So, People making a big deal out of that is is to me just nothing. Uh, but but it t- appears to me, especially depending on what the Raiders do at quarterback, uh, if they if they get an Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that, then he's definitely tagged. If they don't and they go rookie quarterback, then maybe there's a possibility they sign him to a contract. But we'll get into that and any other news that's popping up. We'll also take our look at the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, and of course the Eagles. In the game, we've already talked about a little bit who we think is going to win, but we'll get some more into that as we go through Super Bowl week. It'll be a fun week, Mo. I know you're going to have a lot of work to do at Bleacher Report. What do you got coming on Sports Not as it concerns the Raiders? As far as it concerns the Raiders, I'm going to actually look at, after our interview with Mr. Dougherty, I'm going to look at Aaron Rodgers' trade value from my perspective, what I think a trade would look like between the Raiders and the Packers mm. if the Packers were okay a trade. I know a lot of Raider fans, based on what I said today, are going to be disappointed and say, no, we don't want that trade because it's too much, but I'm going to give you my opinion on that (laughs) anyway. And I may take a spin and look at free agency. I'm actually 
going to do something special for Fragency this year because the Raiders need a lot of help. So there are going to be a lot of targets for the Raiders of Fragency. So I'm going to I'm going to do something different this year. and I'm going to get started on that. And then right after that, I'm going to get into looking at quarterbacks. If, unless an Aaron Rodgers deal goes down, I'm going to do a deep dive on some on the quarterbacks that the Raiders could draft number seven overall or in the first round, period. Yes, and we're going to get all we're going to over the next several weeks we're going to get all into that free agents the draft of course. We're also working to solidify a date with TJ O'Sullivan from the quarterback school. If you saw on Monday I tweeted out his breakdown of CJ Stroud. Of course, he's a former NFL quarterback, played for the 49ers, but before you say anything, he also played for the Raiders. He's a former Raider. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Uh, but he'll join us from San Diego. Just got to get a date solidified there. We'll have him go through the young quarterbacks. And uh, with his knowledge of NFL systems and a Josh McDaniel system, sort of talk about fits there. So we got a lot of great stuff coming up on the show. Don't tell us it's the offseason because we're continuing to bring the A game that Mo and I know. Also, in addition to Mo's story coming up, again, my piece on SportsNot on why the Raiders should not trade for Aaron Rodgers and instead focus on how the heck they get C.J. Stroud. Uh, you can check that up on SportsNot. I'll tweet it out as well uh, at LV Gully. Follow Mo at, on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Look for the big new single from a band that's unnamed yet called Midtown Mo. If you don't know what Midtown Mo is, go back a couple episodes and you'll learn. We got some fun stuff going on. Oh, you're going to love it, dude. You're going to just love Spe- it. It's going to be Speaking awesome. Speaking of, I know you're teasing me here. <laughs> no, I have it's no coming. idea what's coming. Yes. But uh, I, I have almost forgot to mention, speaking of Midtown Mo, I'm going to have a Raiders live show next Friday on the 17th, talking about a lot of the Raiders offseason targets as far as draft and free This agency. is on Bleacher so- Report. This is on Bleach Report. Yes, it'll Bleach be Report it'll, live. It'll it'll start Friday, I believe, at three p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific time. So Lunchtime. get in the chat. I I usually go go in the chat and read out the comments. So you know if you're active, you have your opinions, you disagree, whatever. Hop in the Bleach Report chat with me, and I'll read out some of your comments and even answer if you have a question. Okay, and so wardrobe for that? Are we going to be in a leather coat since you're Midtown Mo now? What are you going to? I usually hop on there with a fresh fade. I usually get a fade the day I know. before. Yes. And then the I, I get on and then I'm, I, you know, usually have, you know, some, you'll see, I, I'm going to change it up. This but time. you got, see now, but now you're Midtown Mo. So like you, you can do hoodie on this show, but on that show now you gotta, like, you gotta step it up a little bit. <laughs> Being challenged by Scott in my wardrobe. You gotta, you gotta, st- you gotta step. I mean, you gotta, I don't know, leather, uh, something. Uh, a rope chain? Suede. You want to go in 80? You want to go see. 80s rope chain? How about that? <laughs> I don't see you at a rope chain. I just don't see that. Boom but. box, boom box, rope chain. Do we need to get you like Tango a silver hat. and black today logo bling? <laughs> nice big, nice big. I'm, big I might piece. get one. Yeah, no. You know, a nice, a nice 20 pound piece hanging off of my <laughs> neck as I'm... <laughs> Mo, why are you like this on the show all the time? Uh, <laughs> that's the change. Gotta have oh, fun with it, you know? You do. You do. We have fun on this show. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun do. this summer, too. We'll have goofy stuff coming on. Uh, we're going to get some Raider greats on, too. We're going to do all kinds of great stuff. So stick with us. Subscribe to the podcast or subscribe on YouTube. Mo, have a good one, man. I will talk to you on Thursday. All right. All right. For our producer, David Stepanian, and for Mo Moten, I'm Scott Branson. We appreciate you guys being here. Again, subscribe to the podcast. We will talk to you again on Thursday, including our infamous 
and popular Raider Nation mailbag segment. So join us then, uh, and we will talk to you. Have a great week, everybody, and enjoy yourselves. And remember, keep a little positivity out there. Take care, everybody.